Jacob, are you pondering what I'm pondering? I think so, Drew. But wouldn't more already disappear out of the holodeck? I think the only thing holographic is your brain. No, you fool, we're going to review an animated uh, movie on this here podcast. Brilliant! No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Why would anybody want to listen to geek, two geeks like us? Because, you fool, these people have uh, are so very easily entertained. Okay, Drew. Nerf! Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is your desire fulfillment facilitator, Jacob. Why, thank you. I'd like to introduce our co-host, a man who decided he had to leave for a year and come back and only with a wheat penny. Welcome, Drew. That's a hay penny? Hay penny. Whichever. <laughs> Which, admittedly, before I saw this as a kid, I didn't, I'd never heard of before. It's only a half penny. Yeah, I noticed that. And it's like, what are you going to buy with a half penny? Well, apparently a lot. Burgers from the butcher, uh, blintzes from the baker, uh, something from the other guy, season tickets for the Lakers. Yes. Yeah, anyway, the- I can't remember what the third thing is right now. <laughs> Either way. Anyway, uh, how are you doing today, Jacob? Man, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, uh, it's it's it, from the grocer. Anyway. There we go. Uh, it's been a long two days. Let's say that. I can see that. Yeah, because we, we had a uh, very interesting... We had a, we had a special recording yesterday for something that's going to be coming up here in the next month or next two months. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, that's that's going to be fun. It's going to be... It's a very... Something we... Uh, either way. Yeah. Either way, cut that. Um, we do want to keep that a little bit under wraps. Yeah. Either, yeah, that's going to be fun. Yes. We had a fun time in Studio B. Yes. So, uh, yeah, work was pretty good. That was a lot of fun. Uh, today, came home after a, a, not a long day, but a very, I thought I was supposed to come in at 9, mm-hmm. supposed to come in at 10, and I just wound up sitting, eating, and drawing for about an hour, which there is not go. bad. Not bad. And then I wound up watching a, uh, a YouTube uh, documentary that really hacked me off, but I'm not going to go there with that because that's just sad and depressing. Believe me, folks, I already sat through his rant. You don't want to be there. <laughs> no, you don't. But anyway, either way, how is your how have you been, Drew? Well, much like you, it has been a long two days. Uh, we had that f- bit of fun it's in Studio B the other night. Yeah, and, uh, Sunday was busy. Yes. Uh, and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down until Saturday. No, so, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, this is going to it's it's going to be a busy week. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm so happy to be here talking about this movie. Exactly, which I was very very surprised by. I'm happy that you liked it. <laughs> so I, you're happy I that assume, I'm happy. I assume I'm happy that I li- that you liked it. <laughs> okay, we'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, what have you been watching? Oh. With how busy we've been so far, or how I've been busy, and you've been busy, and everybody's been busy, uh, I got into watch one thing animated, and that was Gundam Wing Endless Waltz, the movie. Ah. The OVA version, not the movie version. Because apparently this is the OVA version. Be like, it's a longer extended version of it. So Makes it, sense. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it, it makes the story more a little more filled out mm-hmm. and 
getting into more. I found myself more and more getting into more Gundam related shows, mm-hmm. and how the fan be like doesn't like Gundam Wing, but it was the first series to come over to America that was syndicate that was airing, you know, simultaneously with the. Admittedly, I was never deep into the Gundam fandom. Yeah. Which I like how that rhymes. Um, but I remember everyone and their dog talking about Gundam Wing when it came out. Oh, yeah. So the fact that you're telling me people don't like the show? Well, I think in retrospect. In retrospect. Okay. Because okay. be like, yeah, everyone was head over heels for Gundam Wing when it first came out. And as more you know, Gundam-related uh, material came out in the United States... People started to be like, this is nothing like Gundam. And so they started kind of like bashing it a little bit. And mm-hmm. well, when you've got I the, still enjoy it. When you've got the greatness of Mobile Fighter G Gundam oh, coming gosh. out at the same time. Yeah, that was about a year later or a year earlier or something like that. But uh, Hey, G Gundam <laughs> was better than SD Gundam. Okay. You know, the one where... Uh, the Gundams were robots that were about the size of children. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was yeah, weird. Yes. Yeah, so Chibi. Could, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, it could be weird. It could be very, very anyway. weird. Yeah. So, yeah, that's basically what I've been watching. What about you? Well, uh, I haven't had a chance to watch much either. Yeah. But one of the things I did get in this last Sunday was a viewing of the original 1933 classic stop-motion movie yes king kong now admittedly as much as i love stop-motion animation i'll i'll the uh impetus uh for jumping into this one right now is because we'll be recording an episode of that for our other podcast yes later this week yeah not that i know when that episode comes out i think in march do not quote me yeah something like that yeah yeah i did I did fail to mention that we did watch, or I watched, and you watched separately. Uh, Wouldn't watched. I know it's not animation related, but uh, Birds of Prey. Yes. Yeah, watch that. It was. Yeah, that's an interesting review when we get to it. Yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, I enjoyed watching King Kong. It was an interesting movie. Yeah. I loved looking at the artistry that went into the making of that thing. Yeah. Because when you look at it, at first, admittedly. There's a part of you, after having been raised on post-70s filmmaking... Yeah, cinema. Cinema. That uh, you look at, at at the movie at first, you go, oh, this is cheesy beyond belief. Oh, yeah. But then, for whatever reason, I guess I was just in the right mood going into this view. And it's like, holy crap, look at all the work that had to go into making this. Oh, yeah. I mean, Agreed. Sure, I mean, sure, the... Uh, frame rate on king kong is entirely different than the frame rate on the humans <laughs> yes but when you look at the care at how uh they move stuff back in and out especially like characters oh yeah it's watching the the human film part go past behind king kong's legs so when they come out the other side they're actually claymation so king kong can pick them up <laughs> <laughs> watching all that amazed me it's if you've never gone and seen the original king kong Give that a look. The uh, the Blu-ray is an excellent restoration of the film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So go go give that a look. It's it's a pretty decent film. Yeah, it, it pretty is. It pretty is. Pretty. It's blah 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 blah. <laughs> Keep those pants on. I don't know what that is. Me either. Uh, That'll get cut out. 
Yes, hopefully, if maybe. To, if I remember to. Yes. Be like, we are far enough into the show, maybe. I can forget. Yes. Oh, we're not minutes in. Either way. Um, yeah, far enough. Uh, yeah, it's a good film. I've, I'm right in the middle of it, actually, for that review. And uh, when you have very limited time on what everything else you're doing, yeah, be like, I cut it off, went to bed, and did other things. I'll probably pick it up probably like Wednesday afternoon. Okay. It gets really good when they get to New York. Oh yeah, I've, even I've, the stuff in the in the forest of Skull Island is good. I've seen the film before when I was a real, when I was a small kid, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's still a good film. It's still incredibly well done, and for for the time period, nineteen thirty three, impeccable. And this and, might sound a touch controversial. Oh my gosh! I think I prefer this to Peter Jackson's. Oh. But more on that on that episode. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll dive we'll dive into the bananas on that one. Yes, I was going to make a Donkey Kong joke, but I can't think of one. So let's move on. Got uh, it. What do we got in the news? All right. So as probably most people know, that the Academy of Motion Picture Art and Sciences mm-hmm. awards were held, or also known as the Oscars, were held uh, last Sunday. Uh, that's the ninety second. Uh, ceremonies, which is held in Hollywood, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we had Best Animation Feature and Best Animated Short Features. Okay. And I just want to ask you, what do you think won? So I, you I, know I've already looked at the list, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. They never won. Oh, yeah, never mind. I can tell you I don't think they should have won. Oh, I, I agree with you on that. But I think Toy Story 4 won simply because it was Toy Story 4. Not yeah. It was something that when the people who don't even get a chance to, don't even try to watch every movie. Yeah. Because go ahead and vote and go, oh, there was a new Toy Story that year? Well, this year? Oh, well, that those are always good. I'll go ahead and mark that one off. Yeah, those make sense. Because honestly, How to Train Your Dragon 3 was a much better movie. It was. Toy Story 4. I agree. That's the only first one that's coming to mind. Besides that, that was on that was on the list. I agree. But uh, uh, so best that's probably what is actually is my vote. To be honest, it's oh, what I, I remember. I agree with you. Uh, the on the list was actually How to Train Your Dragon, like Drew said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost my body, which I never heard of. Yeah. Claws on Netflix was that's amazing. A, that's a good one too, but I still think I prefer Dragon. Yeah. Uh, Missing Link is a movie watch. didn't watch, but eventually will. Uh, I think I mean like most of these we will eventually get around to reviewing at some yeah. point. Uh, I would definitely agree with you that How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World was a far superior film than Toy Story Four. Yeah, in so many ways, so many ways. And plus, I would just like Disney. Don't get me wrong; I love Disney. Yeah. I love Disney and I love Pixar. They end up on the tops of these lists too often. Yeah, I would agree with you. In my opinion, because there's always stuff that seems to be better than them that never gets never gets done because people vote Disney or Pixar because it's Disney or Pixar. Yeah. But anyway, that's just me being honorary. Got it. So, our other category, Best Animated Short. Uh, there's a few of them. There's one called Daughter, uh, mm-hmm. originally in uh, Czech. I'm not going to try to pronounce that because that's going to be... I'll butcher it half death. Uh, Hair Love. Mm-hmm. Kit, uh, Kit, Kit Bull, which is actually a very cute short. 
Memorial and Sister. Hair Love won. I knew I had a feeling that one was the one that was going to win. Yeah, but I'll admit I didn't watch any of these shorts. Yeah, I saw the I saw the very uh, small teaser trailer for uh, Love Hair when it, when that first Hair Love, sorry Hair Love when that first came out, mm-hmm. and it looked incredibly interesting. The fact that you have a father who's trying to braid his his uh, uh, braid or put his daughter's hair into uh, dreadlocks or what have you. I can't remember what the exact. Uh, purpose of it but it's dad struggling mm-hmm. to do this and i thought it was a very interesting concept and i'm thankful it actually became a short and got funded and yeah kudos to the uh creators behind that for winning and so into our second bit of news which i'm very excited about mm-hmm. because that's one of my favorite films that came out in the 2000s lilo and stitch is getting a live action hybrid film for disney plus that could be interesting yes uh, apparently they are a rumor story. It was over a year of the rumors that service that, uh, the live action, live action remake of Disney's 2002 Lilo and Stitch was being made. And it was confirmed. It's confirmed that it is, go- it is going to be coming to fruition that it will be shot in Hawaii. It will be a hybrid film mm-hmm. with obviously stitch being CGI and probably many of the other aliens and many of the aliens, other aliens, uh, it will be shot in Hawaii. Uh, Chris Sanders, who co-wrote, directed the original film, uh, voice will be returning his voice for Stitch. Good. Uh, they're currently looking for a director. They have a scriptwriter. They have um, producers in line, and they are look. They are currently look. Um, blah. Yeah, pr- they have production, everything going, and. I really enjoy because this is a series, a movie that was so underrated for some reason. Because some mm-hmm. pe- people don't talk about Lilo and Stitch, but once it's, you bring up Lilo and Stitch, oh my gosh, people just lose it. Oh yeah, it, the thing with Lilo and Stitch is people forget it mm-hmm. because I think the only other major Disney thing that came out near it was Emperor's New Groove that most people remember. Yeah, I agree because it's in that period between the Disney renaissance of the nineties yeah. and the rebirth of Disney in yeah. the late 20, uh, late, late 20, uh, late two thousands. Yeah. That's my pit. That's my assumption there anyway. Yeah. You're close. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's Lilo and stitch is actually, to me is a treasure. It's mm-hmm. a treasure that everybody should go watch and it's relatively available. You can buy it almost anywhere. Uh, for the most part, you can buy it online. Go to uh, and it's on Disney Plus. It's on Disney Plus, so yeah, definitely go Along watch with it. Its sequels, sequels, and TV shows. Yes. So, do you hear that they are making a live action version of this? Is going to be really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So, we were talking earlier about uh, possible who would play who in this film. Yes, uh, I want Samuel L. <laughs> Jackson to play Cobra Bubbles. <laughs> That just seems like perfect casting to me. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, Ben Ben Rames, who originally did the did the voice of uh, Cobra Bubbles, be like would be perfect, but be like Samuel Jackson sounds perfect. Yeah. Lilo, I have no idea. Pint sized little crazy little girl. Who knows? Well, you got to get someone around that age. Yeah. And honestly. 
whoever they get to do that is probably not even acting right now. Who knows? Because you got, and she's in the movie, she's what, five? Uh, about five, five years or old. six. Yeah, she's like You've five years old. You got to get a really good child actress from that age. Yeah. That can hold that same level of cuteness. Yeah. And that look through what I'm assuming at least a year of filming. Because child, actor, child actors are always hard to work around the school schedule with. Yeah, and also depends on who the director is. Yeah. Anyway. If you got Steven Spielberg to direct it, it'd probably go very easily. But either way. Either way. Uh, I did see one bit of news I thought was interesting. Oh, that'd be. Did you know that this week is the 80th birthday of Tom and Jerry? Ah. The original uh, Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yes. Oh, and man. How much... Did you ever watch... Uh, I, I I assume you watched Tom and Jerry yes. growing up. But, yes. Uh, well, let me ask do you, can you. Do you know one that is your favorite? You oh. Pick out a favorite Tom and Jerry cartoon. No, I can't. I really can't. I, I, I remember one where it was the... The the dog always kind of ran interference, or the dog got involved, and the yeah. dog beat the tar out of uh, Jerry. Right? No, it's Tom. Tom, Tom the cat. Yeah, because he's a Tom um, cat. cat. That makes sense. <clears throat> yeah, that's. But the only ones I really cl- that cling to memory is the ones where Tom gets the tar beat at him by the dog. Let's yeah. get murdered. The dog's name. One of my favorites is the one where. Uh, in the midst of their adventures, Tom ends up uh, dying and goes to heaven. Well, they won't let him in because all he's done is ta- torment Jerry. So they send him back to Earth to get Jerry to sign a forgiveness note or something. What? <laughs> now, I, this will make sense in a minute. And, of course, Jerry's just, like, you know, scared out of his life because the cat he just saw die is now trying to get in, is now chasing him again. Oh, gosh. <laughs> And uh, by the end of it, um, uh, you know, because he's got a time limit. Oh, okay. Done by. Well, kind of like Charlie. He does get it signed, but unfortunately, he doesn't get to the the uh, stairs in time to get to get back up into heaven before the time runs out. Mm. So he falls into hell. Oh no! Come to find out, it's all a dream. Oh. But he's a little bit nicer to Jerry after. Uh, yeah. Uh, by, the, by the end of that one. I would Jerry think so. Jerry doesn't know why. So <laughs> it's a funny episode. Oh, uh, okay. I think I saw something like that at one point. Because I think I think in our, our childhood, you probably saw every Tom, Tom oh, and Jerry yeah. episode. My other favorite one that I always watched was the one where Jerry and his uh, nephew uh, flood this house and turn it into an ice rink. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That's a fun one, too. Oh, excellent. So, yeah, anyway. I suppose we should move into our spoiler-free review of Animaniacs, Wacko's Wish. Yes. Uh, What's your spoiler-free thoughts on this movie? This was so fun. Mm -hmm. This was such a fun little adventure. And to give people a little more background, a little more context, growing up... When I, because my brothers loved Animaniacs, mm-hmm. I hated Animaniacs. I thought it was the stupidest thing on the planet because I hated stupid comedy or just comedy that made no sense whatsoever. And yet, this makes more sense than you're giving it credit for. Yes. <laughs> and uh, like after watching this, after mm-hmm. watching this film, I was 
I was like, oh my gosh, be like, I was being way too hard in this series as a kid. <laughs> and uh, I, guess, I guess I was a little too harsh on a lot of things when I was a kid. Because yeah. be like, oh, I had this high standard. Be like, things couldn't be stupid. But they had to make sense. There had to be a logical step to everything. There's logic. Yeah. Oh, I know there's logic. <laughs> I just I saw the stupid, you know, slapstick and all that, and I was like, oh, this is not for me. This is so stupid. But I I, I think with watching this film, it's turned it's changed my perspective on mm-hmm. Animaniacs, and I'll probably eventually go back to. Rewatch a lot of those old episodes. Let me get you a list of stuff to give a, to try. Okay. There is some bad stuff in there still. Oh, know? yeah. But a lot of Animaniacs is is good. It's good fun. Oh, yeah. I and there's a lot of good shorts. Oh, yeah. And there's the... With how much Animaniacs the writers got away with? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even in this movie. Oh, good night, yes. <laughs> Uh, so, on that note, would you say this is for kids? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, because the quote-unquote adult jokes will fly right over their heads. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I I first saw this movie uh, on Cartoon Network, because uh, it, it, they played it on Cartoon Network like all the stinking time. Yeah. Uh, and I remember watching it there and thinking, this is funny, but it's... It, but by the time it had come out, I hadn't seen Animaniacs in years yeah. because of how you know how television lives were. And I remember loving growing up, loving Animaniacs, and of course Pinky and the Brain. And uh, it's just, it was just I, when I, I remember watching this movie and thinking this is kind of silly. But then it's Animaniacs; it's supposed to be silly. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just overthinking it. And by the time you realize you're overthinking it. You start seeing some of its brilliance, I think. But yeah, it's a fun movie. If you've never seen it, go give it a shot, especially if you love Animani- if you liked Animaniacs as a kid. Yeah. This movie will surprise you in how well it's done. Yeah. Yeah, I think my brothers might be a very... My brother Jim, especially, would be like, oh my gosh, Jacob likes Animaniacs. What happened? But he watched it, it as an adult. That's what, what happened. happened. Exactly. It has opened my eyes. Anyway. So uh, I guess now we'll move into our spoiler-filled review of Animaniacs Wacko's Wish. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Wacko's Wish. Listener discretion is advised. Animaniacs Wacko's Wish was directed and written by Tom Ruger, who was the producer on Animaniacs itself, Pinky and the Brain, Hysteria, Freakazoid, Road Rovers, Batman the Animated Series, yeah. Tasmania, and Tiny Toon Adventures. We're tiny. We're tuning. We're all so, little. Yeah, little. he was very much involved with Warner Brothers animation at this time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Uh, also directing this movie was uh, Liz Holm- Holzman mm-hmm. and Rusty Mills. They directed different episodes of both Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain. This was, uh, from what I could tell, the only time they worked together. Uh, it was also written by Nick Dubois, uh, Eric Kress, Kevin Hopps, and Charles M. Howell IV. The music was composed by Richard Stone, who, compu- who composed music for Tiny Toon Adventures, Animaniacs, Freakazoid, Pinky and the Brain, The Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries. There's a show you haven't heard of wow. in a long time. Yeah. Taz- and Tasmania. 
Uh, come to that mania. Yes. Come to that mania. The songs were written by uh, Randy Rogel and uh, Julie Bernstein. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. That was that was. Oh my gosh, that's one of the things that blew my mind with this, this movie. But anyways, do you know what they've been in? Because I no. I missed that part when I was doing my research. So I was hoping you had something. Nope. Okay. Anyway, uh, there are only two original characters in this movie. Really? The first was uh, Perry Whitehead playing King Salazar, oh. our villain. And primi- primarily what I saw he had done besides this was he played a lot of extras and a lot of television shows. Okay. Always that guy in the background you never really see. Understood. The other technically new character, if you want to call it that, was the narrator, which was uh, Tom Bodette. Mm-hmm. You might know as the guy at Motel 6 will leave the light on for you. Yes. And apparently he's also got a lot of shows on National Public Radio. Ah, that makes sense. He has a good voice for radio. Oh, yeah. The everybody else is technically reprising their roles Mm -hmm. from the show. And double and tripling. In many cases. So I'm going to start off with our top three. Rob Paulson plays Yakko Warner. Yes. Dr. Otto Scratch and Sniff. Yes. And Pinky. Okay. In the 2012 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series, he played Donatello. Yeah. And if you've ever watched Jimmy Neutron, he plays Carl. Oh, okay. Uh, you're missing one that's very vital. Go ahead. In 1984... He played Raphael in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. See, I didn't scroll down that far. Uh-huh. This is why I let you interrupt, because you're going to catch stuff I don't know. Yeah. Rob Paulson has done a lot. Okay. And he's he's so good as a voice actor. So, uh, Jess Harnell played Wacko Warner. Oh, gosh. It's the only thing he played in this one, though in the show he also played uh, Walter T. Wolf, I believe was his name. Okay. That was a Slappy Squirrel's nemesis. Oh, yeah. That is uh, such, a, such a unique voice. In Mr. Peabody and Sherman, he played Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Bill Clinton, and Isaac Newton. Wow. And uh, he, a couple of random voices in Kingdom Hearts 3. Surprise, surprise. Oh, but it gets better. <laughs> oh, boy. Tress McNeil played Princess Angelina Contessa Louisa Francesca Banana Fana Bobesca III, but you may call her Dot Warner. <laughs> but don't call her Dottie. <laughs> call her Dottie and you die. Uh, she also played Hello Nurse, Marita Hippo, and Mindy's mother. Ah. She, is, she played uh, Daisy Duck, the Queen of Hearts, Chip, Merriweather, and Kanga, in the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Wow. All the Kingdom Hearts g- games. She's the voice of these characters when they show wow. up. Wow. Plus, uh, if you ever watch the show Futurama, yeah. she plays Mom of Mom's Friendly Oil Company. Oh, okay. <laughs> One thing I, will, I would like to point out. Okay, so in... Who from Roger Rabbit? Yes. In all the cartoon, the cartoon cartoons that he's in, mm-hmm. the mother... The mother be like, how it's be all you see is yes. her feet. I believe that's her also. That probably is. Or at least in one of them it is. I, I remember seeing that on there, but I, for whatever reason, I didn't include it. In the oh, list. okay. Because when you said that, it automatically clicked in. And I was like, mm-hmm. wait. I mean, like, that's where they pulled that from. And that's in 
impressive. Yes. Uh, Maurice LaMarche plays the brain, Squit, and is the provider of Wacko's burps. Really? Yeah. Okay. Jeez, that guy can burp. Uh, he played Tapper in uh, uh, Wreck It Ralph. Ralph. Oh, okay. And Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, okay. And I had a brain fart when doing this research and I couldn't find it, but I know we brought his name up in an episode. Okay. It's something else. I've done my research trying to figure out who it was because <laughs> I remember this name coming up. So he's in something we've reviewed in the last year. Okay. I just couldn't find it. Okay. So to our listeners out there. Please tell me where I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah. Not stupid. Just me. Yeah, I missed it anyway. Yeah. I have a brain fart. Yes. Which we all have. Uh, Sherry Stoner plays Slappy Squirrel. Yes. <laughs> she was a writer. On Animaniacs, yes, Pinky and the Brain, and Tiny Toon Adventure. Uh huh. This is technically a cameo role for her. Really? Yes. Every appearance of Slappy Squirrel is her playing herself because there was nobody else she felt who could play this role. Oh, okay. She writes her own stuff. Oh, okay. Playing her nephew, Skippy Squirrel. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on one second, because I, I know I something on me. Yeah, I am. Sherry Stoner originally be like she's she's a uh, she's a comedy actor, right? Comedy actress, right? I couldn't find that she. Don't get. I could be wrong. She was originally, originally she's part of a comedy troupe. I'll take your word for it. Okay, I didn't so, do that kind of. I didn't do that in depth research. I literally okay. stayed on IMDb and then played out trying one of the other characters looked had to look on the Animaniacs wiki to find what they who, who played the character. But okay, anyway. so Sherry Stoner. Was actually the physical model for Ariel in The Little Mermaid. I did see that, actually. Yes. I didn't think to put that in there, but yeah, she is, that, which is kind of awkward. Yeah, it's very odd. <laughs> when you realize she play, who she, uh, she plays this crotchety old squirrel. And then she, you know. Yes. Yes, I, I thought that was very, when you said it, I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, yes. I, like something I can throw in there. Yes, but go ahead. Okay. Uh Nate Ruger, which was the son of director of the director, uh, Paul Ruger? Yeah. Tom Ruger, sorry. Tom Ruger. That is his son. And uh, he plays, uh, he, he also was the voice of Baby Plucky in Animaniacs. Oh. You know. Yeah. Water go down the hole. Oh, oh my gosh. And uh, the funny thing is, uh, he when he started this role, his voice was in the vocal range. Okay. They had to, he had to say all his lines much slower so they could speed it up and it would sound correct. Okay. Which I'm convinced is why when you get to their uh, bit there in Hungarian Rhapsody where it slows way down. Yeah. I'm convinced it's because they couldn't get that to play any faster and it sound right. Oh wow. <laughs> so that's why I, that's personally why I think that one's not at speed. But anyway, I got you. Funny note on that. You know, going back to my reference of the Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. when they did, uh, they brought in a, like a young actor to play Flounder. So they had him, you know, do his roles. About six months later, they had to be like, "Hey, we did some AR, some what is it called?" Be like, they. Yeah, had to, you, you, it, you said it. It's uh, ARD, but yeah, a, a, yeah, ARD. And I wouldn't be surprised if we brought this up in the Little Mermaid episode, but go ahead. Yeah, we probably did, but uh, he had to be like, they brought him back. And his voice is dropped. Yeah. So they had to, like, this actor here had to, you know, crank him, you know, ask him, you know, 
ask them to talk slower, like I have to when I start talking really, really fast, mm -hmm. and my brain doesn't want to catch up. My you, mouth will talk up, whatever. I think your brain works faster than your mouth. Does, yeah, that's I what that problem too. Yes, so I talk a little bit slower, so I understand yes. what these guys are going through. Anyway, so, anyways, so yeah, I thought that was another very interesting little fact. Factoid: mm -hmm. Nancy Cartwright played Mindy. Really who is most famous for playing the voice of Bart Simpson. How nice is shorts. That, how, is, how much of a difference is that? Oh, yeah. What character did she play again? Mindy. In, uh, Mind she played Mindy? Mindy. Oh, then, okay. Okay, lady. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, I love you, Bumblebee lady. Bye-bye. <laughs> wow, that, that is such a contrast. Yes. Our good Dude, friend. My shorts. Yes. Our good friend, Frank Walker, Walker, was the voice of Baron Thaddeus von Plotz III, a.k.a., if you watch the show, uh, the CEO of the, of the studio, uh, Mr. Plotz. Yes. Uh, Ralph T. Guard. Yes, his middle name is literally the. Uh, Runt, Buttons, Chicken Boo, and Flavio Hippo, and... Farfig Newton. Go figure. Yes. He plays a dog. And uh, and a horse. And a horse. But uh, I the new thing I found for him this week, <laughs> you know, I'm always trying to find something we've not oh, covered yeah, before Oh, yeah, for Frank. Yeah. Do you know he's the voice of Dino in a mini Flintstone stuff? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either. He's not the original <laughs> Dino, of course. Yeah, obviously. In some of his, like, 80s and 90s stuff, he's yeah. Dino. Oh, wow. Oh, that, that would. Oh, that'd be really interesting because the uh, uh, Flintstones meets the Jetsons story. I bet you that is Frank Walker in that. Probably because Frank Walker right. also did. Uh, uh, what is what's the dog's name? Uh, Either Astro. Astro. Because <laughs> if I remember correctly, Frank Walker did uh, did Astro. Wouldn't surprise me. So either. they were basically playing off. He's playing off himself again yes. in this movie. He does it again. Yes, exactly. Multi talent, amazing man. Mm hmm. Uh, Chick Venera plays Pesto, the uh, purple-headed pigeon. Oh, yeah. That's doing his best. Uh, oh, what's that guy's name from the Goodfellas? Anyway, he's making fun of a guy from Goodfellas. Joe Pesci? Is it Joe Pesci? Yeah. It's like, yeah, so he's doing his best Joe Pesci, Pesci. impression. Yes, this whole thing. as far as I understand. What he's mostly known for. Um, and he was an extra in lots of different shows. Okay. Nothing that really stood out as a major, major role. Yeah. Uh, John Mariano plays both Bobby and the gas station attendant in the uh, Cave of a Thousand Terrors. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. That was the weirdest, trippiest yes. thing on the planet, but it and was he, so fun. And he, too, played lots of different extras. Ah. Bernadette Peters is the voice of Rita. She played Sophie in Anastasia, as you remember. Yes. And in the movie The Jerk, she plays Marie. Oh, okay. I have when when you said when you said her name, I had the one, I had one line go through my head. I've got such a headache. Yeah, but that <laughs> I know that is a bit, but it, it was threw just, me off as a kid then too because it's like <laughs> Rita. How many different Ritas are there? Yeah. Anyway, I actually know a woman named Rita. Yes, I do too. Uh, ben Stein. Yep. Plays yes. Plays the desire fulfillment facilitator. Or Pip. Yeah. That is a returning joke from an episode of Animaniacs. Really? Okay. Of a guy who uh, 
the guy that shakes your hand and keeps shaking your hand and you can't get away. Oh, yeah. Stops. That's, uh-huh. That's the joke. Oh, good he night. Was, he was in a couple of episodes there getting the Warners would end up getting stuck with. So this time it was Wacko's. Oh, turn. his turn to get stuck. Pretty much. So question, kind of a real interesting. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been stuck in one of those situations? Oh, yes. Oh, those are a headache. Mm-hmm. It's like, Maybe okay. not shaking hands, but the conversation will not stop. Yes. Despite the fact you have nothing to add. Anyway, oh, yes. Uh, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, he played the uh, economics teacher. Ferris. Yes. Bueller. 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 Uh, Dr. Arthur Newman in The Mask. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Terrible psychologist. for dry, red eyes, <laughs> clear eyes as an ingredient to moisturize. Eyes. That guy. Yeah. From those commercials. Uh, Jeff Bennett played uh, the captain of the guard and Baloney the Dinosaur. Baloney the Dinosaur. Yeah, you know, okay. the Barney ripoff. Oh, yeah. That's, that's who that's supposed okay, to be. Okay, that's what I thought together. I was like, wait, where's a dinosaur? Oh, yeah, yeah, that. Now, the captain of the guard, did you? Did that look guy look familiar to you at all? Yes, from a certain, you know. A certain movie that dealt with the hearts of darkness? Yes, just a little bit. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's my that, gosh. That character came from that episode? Yes. Where that was based on... Uh, Apocalypse Now. Yes, and they. I love that they reused him here. <laughs> uh, but he is the main thing I know that guy, uh, Jeff Bennett from playing was Johnny Bravo, in Johnny Bravo. He played Johnny Bravo. He was Johnny Bravo. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Rugg plays Mister Director, which was the really goofy guy, the third guy in the Cave of Endless Torment or whatever it's called. Yeah. The di- that guy? Yeah. Another reoccurring character <laughs> that I never understood as a kid, but he is the voice of Freakazoid. Oh, okay. A show I've never seen. I will have to introduce <laughs> you, but I'm afraid if you thought Animaniacs was stupid as a child. Oh, I would have thought <laughs> Freakazoid was idiotic. <laughs> oh, yes. But I enjoy it for because because of how stupid it is. I got you. Anyway. And then... Uh, in a very understated role in this one, but technically she was a big enough actress they had to credit her, uh, Julie Brown played Minerva Mink. Really? Mm-hmm. Minerva Mink has like maybe two lines, and one of them is in a song. Oh, okay. In this one. Hmm. But uh, in the anima- Batman animated series, she played Zatanna. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's uh, who I got on the cast. Oh, Awesome. So when it comes to information, there's not a whole lot ever since they direct to at its initial release was VHS mm-hmm. for those kids out there. This before DVD and you Blu-ray. Remember those small black monoliths that on the backside had these two white spheres that kind of look like a domino <laughs> and you placed them in this big machine and it made a bunch of noise <laughs> and then put this video on the screen. That's what we're talking about. Oh, OK. Yeah. So, FYI. Indeed. So. Knock. Okay. All right. Problems? I just nearly knocked the microphone over. Okay. I was trying to put my foot down. Oh, okay. Because it was going to sleep. Ah, so you got a left foot. Yes. Anyway. All right. So, apparently this movie was going to be released in August. Originally, originally going to be released in August of 1998. Mm-hmm. But then it got pushed back. Because apparently they decided when they test screened this film that they instead of 
using the money to for um, promotions, mm-hmm. promotions and release material, all that. All the trouble it takes to do a wide theatrical. Release. Exactly. They they went back and threw a lot of it back into the film. Mm-hmm. And so they then released it on December 21st, 1999. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, how long ago was that after the initial ending of Animaniacs? Uh, well, I know the show ran for six seasons, and I believe it started in 93. So it would have been right like a year after Animaniacs. So 98. Year. So 98. So it been about, yeah, a year. about a year. Roughly. So yeah, that's about the all the information I've got. I'd be I probably get done digging for an hour. It may have found a budget, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it had a budget. Oh, it had a budget. Was don't we don't know what it is. Be reported much anywhere. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So for those of you who don't know what any of this we're talking about is, Animaniacs was a animated variety show that pretty much started off on uh, Fox Kids. For about two or three seasons, I think it was three seasons. Yeah, and then it, when kids when uh, they created the WB station and had their kids WB block, they moved Animaniacs over there. Uh, it was made up of a number of different reoccurring segments. Yeah, the most common one was, of course, those dealing with the Warner siblings, Wacko Yakko Dot, who, uh, according to the main story. Uh, were created back in the 1930s prior to the Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. And uh, they pretty much ran amok because they were wild and crazy and their cartoons didn't make sense. So uh, they ended up, when they finally caught the Warners, yeah, totally they locked insane. them in the studio's water tower never yeah. to be released. Yes. As for the Warner films, they also made no sense. They were also locked away, never to be released. <laughs> and that's where they stayed until this very day, or 1993, when the Warners escaped. <laughs> And so most of the show, for their stuff, it's split into one of two types of uh, shorts. Yeah. Or uh, skits. It's either they are running around the uh, the Warner movie lot and trying to and dealing with the likes of uh, Dr. Scratch and Sniff, Hello Nurse. Hello Nurse. Yes. Uh, Ralph and, of course, the CEO of the company, of, uh, of Warner Brothers, is trying to keep them from, you know, destroying his studio and... Allowing movies to still be made. So that's one type. The other type, strangely enough, they're usually out like in a weird, different area like uh, like France or Italy or somewhere like that. I'm assuming these are supposed to be the Warner's films that they somehow got filmed that was more newer since they're not in black and white. Yeah. Because they, like for instance, there's one where they help uh, Michelangelo paint the Sistine Chapel. I remember one of those. And uh, if I remember correctly, the I don't remember who they were getting to do that. But anyway, this in the, in both of those types of shorts, though they would they would uh, parody Hollywood throughout yeah. the entire. Oh thing. yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, many of the characters that would be introduced to this are based on major Hollywood characters. For instance, like we talked about earlier, the captain of the guard in this movie, yeah, is based on the uh, photographer. That's seen at the end of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Because they did, literally did an Apocalypse, an episode parodying Apocalypse Now. Also, uh, the Candlestick Maker. Yeah. Uh, that character. Yeah. She is was a character that was created when they decided the Warners needed a, uh, a nanny in an episode. Oh, no. <laughs> so she's actually based on uh, Sound of Music uh, Lady. What's her name? Oh. Also Mary Poppins. Yes. 
by her. It's based on her. Oh, okay. But they reused her model here as uh, the candlestick maker. Yes. In fact, a lot of the extras in this are based are from different Animax cartoons. There's like every nearly every character model that they made for the show shows up in this movie somewhere. Wow. So, uh, and many of the voices were reprised. Although for some reason the uh, Austrian accent is missing from the candlestick maker in her one line, even though voiced by the same actress, huh? Which was Tress McNeil. Uh, the other shorts we come up. We, of course, she had Pinky and the Brain. Uh huh. Two genetically enhanced lab mice who are trying to take over the world, like usual. One is a genius. One is insane. I'll let you be the judge as to which is which. Oh! The uh, third one that would always that came up regularly and is in this one is. Uh, uh, Slappy Squirrel and her nephew Skippy. Slappy was an old cartoon star, some around the time of Looney Tunes. Yeah, uh, and so of course knows everybody from that era in Hollywood. Yeah, and uh, her and uh, her nephew is having to live with her because for whatever reason, of course he's full of energy. My favorite episode of theirs is uh, Bumby, the dearest deer, where they go to see. Bumby and a parody of Bambi, and of course Bambi gets shot. Bambi's mother gets shot. Oh no! And of course Skippy's bawling his eyes out and can't be consoled. Right. So to prove that Bumby's mother is really alive, and because she knew the actress who played Bumby's mother. Oh no! Took her to go see it and it worked for a bit, but then you know how kids are. Anyway, yeah. you should watch that one. That's a funny one. I've heard of this episode. Yes. Uh, then you have Rita and Runt. A cat and a dog, mm-hmm. although the dog is so stupid, he thinks the cat is a dog. Yeah. But the cat, being played by Bernadette Peters, mm-hmm. sings in every episode. Uh-huh. And of course, sounds beautiful because it's Bernadette Peters. Right. Um, and every, and their entire shtick is that they're uh, trying to find a home. My favorite episode of theirs is uh, Les Miseranimals, which is a parody well, of Les, Les Miserables. And it's hilarious. Um, and then, of course, you've got Mindy and Buttons, mm-hmm. which are always those uh, joke, those cartoons about, you know, the baby getting loose and somebody having oh, to yeah. go and save it while it's walking around out in the wilderness somewhere. Roger Rabbit. Yeah, very much so. But that's what those are always a parody of. Yeah. And uh, who have I missed? I've, I think I've missed one. Pigeons? Ah, the Good Feathers. Good Feathers. The Good Feathers are parodies of gangster movies. Yeah. Most specifically, the good fellas. Good fellas. But good there feathers. is a god pigeon who looks and acts a lot like Marlon Brando. No. <laughs> so yeah, those are the main ones that show up in here. There's a couple of background characters I want to hit. Uh, you have Chicken Boo. I'm assuming you saw the giant chicken walking around the background randomly for no good reason. I think so. He's at least in one scene and is in one of the songs. Oh yeah, that's but, right. Uh, his the entire thing of his is a. Uh, he pretend he dresses up like humans and pretends to be them, and most people don't recognize that he's a chicken until, except for that one guy. It's like, is anybody not noticing the giant? He's a giant chicken, and they're all and, and everything goes good until someone finally recognizes until the group recognizes he's a chicken. And oh then, yeah, it's funny. Uh, and then of course, like I said, Minerva Mink makes an appearance in here. She's literally the show's sexy girl uh-huh. and stuff like that. I vaguely remember much Minerva Mink stuff other than people are always falling over her like she's Hello Nurse, and I prefer Hello Nurse because I'm not a furry. Uh, 
Yeah, that's if true. You have to be if you have to be attracted to animated characters. I much prefer Hello Nurse. E- true. So yeah. So uh, to get into now, I've explained all that. Yes. Let's talk about the synopsis of this actual movie. All right. So in the town of Acme Falls, there's a little town in the middle of Europe called Acme Falls. This is so interesting. Yes. It exists in the country of Warnerstock. Now, Warnerstock was rolled over by a good king, but unfortunately the good king died. And yes. a corporate raider took over from the country of Tiktokia. <laughs> now, Time. I'm going to stop here because if you're not catching a lot of the, the what I'm saying here, this is a very thinly veiled adaptation of what must have happened when Time Magazine bought Warner Brothers. Hint, Time Warner. But... I was trying to do research on this to see if this is actually how much of this lined up, and none, of, nothing else other than the TikTokio Warner stock and corporate raiders. Oh yeah, actually matched up with anything. There was no. I I thought maybe at least there was a guy named Salazar at Time Magazine that took over for Warner Brothers, and I couldn't even find that. So there's that. But anyway, uh, it's King, a nice parody. It's a nice parody. It's, it's it's a great setting for this silly little thing. But uh, King Salazar the Pushy was the corporate raider. <laughs> and um, he uh, he took over the country and uh, started getting... And, and, but uh, he wasn't making much money because so, the foreign interests were not helping him at all. <laughs> so he had to make money. So he heavily taxes the people of Warnerstock. I assume Tiktokia also. But most especially the good people of Acme Falls. And uh, taxed them town. pretty much into non-existence. Uh, the tax collector there is a man by the name of Baron Thaddeus von Plotz. Right. And he has a constable named Ralph. And uh, also living in this town are three orphans who were living in an orphanage till it closed down, and now they're living on the streets. They are, of course, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone hates everything that's going on. They're all there, you know... Cynical and everything, but Wacko saying, "No, no, you gotta, gotta cheer up, never give up hope." And of course, so they hoped through the spring, they hoped through the summer, summer. they hoped through the fall, and hoped through the winter. Yeah. When spring came around again, you know things were hope was starting to run out. Yeah, for their sister Dot, who was sick and needed desperately needed an operation. I'm getting to that. <laughs> so uh, Yakko stayed behind with Dot, and Wacko went out to go do his to go. Uh, Find his fortune, and they and the whole town waited for him to come back through the through the winter, through the spring, through the summer, summer, through the fall, fall. and he finally comes back that next winter and is comes back with with his a grand total of one hay penny. Well, also, well, unfortunately, uh, Baron von Plotz finds out about the newfound fortune in town, and of course, being a greedy guy he is um besides well wacko has got income taxes to pay along with a couple other taxes that get thrown in there including calling the king a jerk tax <laughs> love that one yeah <laughs> and of course all the taxes come up to one hay penny hey. which means his entire trip was worthless yes also around this time a young mouse's heart turned to love and he fell in love with a horse wasn't this, that brought up in an episode somewhere? There was an episode this came up in before, but this is definitely brought back here. Yes. Because admittedly, this is 
kind of sorta in another uh universe but also not it's oh, okay you're just supposed to take what's happening at face value and just assume these are all callbacks anyway so pinky apparently fell in love with this horse named farfig newton brain is not too happy about this but is trying to still come up with a way to uh you know take over the world because that's what the brain is always trying to do or in this case the kingdom start with the kingdom then the world yeah so tiny steps tiny tiny steps little mouse steps yeah um so all that's happening yakko wacko and dot go to their semi water tower orphanage thing right there next to the tracks and uh dot asks her brother yakko to tell her the story of how essentially this fairy tale like story of how she was born yes if you want to hear that whole story, watch the movie because I'm not about to repeat it. But yeah. you should know it ends in the classic Princess Angelina, Contessa Luisa, Francesca, Banana Banana, Fofesca the Third bit. Yes. Call her Dottie and you die. Right. Yes. Used to great influence later, but we'll get to that. Yes. So, Wacko Distraught looks up to the sky and decides he's going to try and wish, make a wish on the wishing star. So he happens to pick the right star first person in history to finally pick the right star and uh his desire fulfillment facilitator comes down named pip uh he used to go by the good fairy but it that that just didn't seem to really fit him very well and uh says okay here's the idea all you've got to do is go uh touch the star and you'll get to make your wish so he says okay i'm ready and so the star comes down and of course it comes down what about a day's ride from town something like that way off in the wilderness pip even says gee i thought that would have come in closer (laughs) (laughs) so instead of uh the three leaving right that second they wait till morning yeah and then instead of just leaving before a lot of people get up and find out what they're doing they go into this big song and dance telling the entire town what's going on and of course they all have to leave town oh yeah uh, except for Pinky and the Brain, because really they can't really follow too well right now. And Pinky's a bit distraught that Farfig Newton was used by Dr. Scratch and Sniff and Hello Nurse to go off for the Wishing Star. And he's kind of heartbroken, but Brain reminds him, uh, I've got a way to get us there before oh, yes. the rest of the group. Yes. He literally constructs Da Vinci's air screw mm. helicopter. Yes. With some slight modifications. Yeah. And, uh, They'll end up chasing after the group. Oh, yeah. Well, that's hysterical by itself. Oh, yes. As they are heading that direction, the king's, all the king's horses and all the king's men stop Baron Von Plotz right in his tracks and bring them to the castle. And King Salazar asks, uh, what are you doing? He's like, why, why are you going after the star? Surely there's nothing more other than serving me that you could wish for. He says, oh, no, sure. No, we were going to go secure the star for you just so you could use that for get anything else you might want. He goes, okay, fine. You go do that. So they go off to do that. But, of course, King Salazar does not trust them. So uh, sends off uh, the rats with wings to go chase <laughs> them, which are, of course, the good feathers. Yeah. And also that he has uh, a severe hatred for the Warner siblings. Yes, strangely enough, enough, it's like... Why do you want them dead? Because they're annoying. It's like, 
well, that's not a good enough reason, but you know what? You're the king. We'll go along with it for now. Yeah. Uh, in the process, of course, Skippy and Slappy were in town when all this was going on, too. So they left with everyone else, and they're jumping along the trees to try and get ahead of everybody. Oh, yeah. And they happened to pass a little cottage out in the middle of the woods <laughs> with a baby, a dog, and uh, apparently Snow White. Yes. <laughs> not legally Snow White, but gee, she looks like it. And plus, she's got seven. Mindy has seven uncles. <laughs> That she has to cook and clean for. Apparently. And they're going to send Mindy off to the retirement village to take Grandma her sweets. Are we sure? Are we sure? So I'm wondering if she's Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Are we sure these seven uncles don't have seven brides? I don't know. Okay. But they're all... But she's having to clean up for, for them anyway. Jeez, they're slobs. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Buttons, of course, has to go... Oh, well, poor Buttons. Take the, she want, the mother wants Mindy to take the pie, but... Uh, Mindy decides, you know what? Buttons, you've been such a good boy for me for so long, kept me safe. I'm going to let you have the pie. <laughs> for the first time, Buttons gets his due and doesn't have to go through a bunch of stuff ahead of time to get his reward. Despite the fact most of the time in the show, he never gets his reward. No. But that goes a little bit until uh, Mindy sees uh, Slappy and Skippy passing overhead and decides, I want to catch the Squirrely Whirlies. And she goes, of course, chasing Gosh. after them. And, of yes. course, Buttons has to follow to keep her safe. And so, shenanigans ensue. And shenanigans ensue. Rita and Runt, however, are hiding out in uh, Dr. Scratch and Sniff and Hello Nurse's uh, elixir wagon yes. that they are taking up there. And, like I said, Pinky and the Brain are coming in, are working their way that way on the air screw. But uh, some shenanigans include, including two times that uh, Pinky and the Brain nearly die. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Pinky. Pinky. <laughs> pinky. <laughs> Go figure. Let's just say Pinky. You told so, me to stop. <laughs> so uh, then we get a song. This is the only song I'm going to directly mention because it actually tells you what everyone wished for. Oh, yeah. Which is important for the end of it. But basically what you need to know is uh, Yakko wishes we, they could make this trip in the summer. Yeah. Wacko is wanting to make... Wanting to, Wanting to wish for the operation for a sister. Yes. I don't remember what she was wanting. Yeah, I'm forgetting. It's not important, but she survives. That's the main yeah. thing. Spoiler. She survives. <laughs> it's something like peace on Earth or something. Yes. Something. Uh, but, uh, of course, Rita and Runt want a home. Dr. Scratch and Sniff wants his elixir to sell well. Mm -hmm. uh, Hello Nurse wants to be th uh, thought of for her looks instead of for her... No, she wants to remember for her, for her brain. For her brain instead of for her looks. Right. Which leads to my favorite joke in the whole stinking thing. Hello, brain. brain. I am not amused. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going... Th so uh, they go through this whole thing. Ralph has the hardest time trying to figure out what he wants. First, he wants to be uh, the sheriff. Well, well you're the sheriff. And Von Plotz points out, you are the sheriff. Oh, well, I want to be a police officer. You are a police officer. <laughs> I want to be constable. You, you are, are constable. constable. You all these things. things. Finally, at the end, he says, "If I want, if I think I know what I want, I want to direct." So we move on. Now, we come up to this bridge. At this br bridge, over this gorge, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot make it over pretty much all right. But there, it's you can tell from when they go over how rickety this bridge yes. is. Wacko nearly falls. Yeah, but uh. They get across. They're followed by uh, Dr. Scratch and Sniff and Hello Nurse and theirs. Yeah. 
They get across the bridge kind of fine. Uh, Skippy and Slappy work away. They get across the bridge fine. Yeah. Mindy, following the, bro- the oh, squirrels, follows, and night. she nearly falls to her doom, oh, but no. saved at the last minute by Buttons, oh, who saves Buttons. her by holding onto the ropes with all four legs, grabbing onto her with his mouth, gets her back up on the bridge. She crosses over him and gets off the bridge. Pulling a Superman. <laughs> pretty much, and just as Buttons starts to breathe a sigh of relief... <laughs> The two hip hippos Poor come hip- in, <laughs> start to cross the bridge, Poor and buttons. you can just hear the whimper. <laughs> the good feathers flying along, catching up to them, and uh, because they're too busy fighting and carrying uh-huh. on everything, crash right into Pinky and the Brain's air screw, and they fall to their doom. <laughs> Meanwhile, Farfig Newton sees this happen. Realizes the love of her life is about to die. Kicks into so overdrive. Kicks into overdrive, <laughs> and they all and pulls Doctor Scratch and Sniff and Hello Nurse plus Rita and Runt in the back of the thing mm-hmm. across the countryside, causing this huge internal concoction, yeah, a mess to gather in the side of the thing as she's running to try and catch the air screw before it falls into the gorge. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, I don't remember exactly how all this happens, but eventually they get, everyone gets safe at the gorge and, uh, they're all trying out, uh, and, and, uh, when Dr. Scratch Sniff checks to see what says, gets a drink of the concoction that somehow mixed itself in the back of the thing. Right. And essentially created Coca-Cola. Pretty much. <laughs> they call it scratchy cola at, by the end of it, but yes, still it's Coke is that's where the bottle comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone tries it and refreshes. And of course, Wacko drinks it, and uh, his great his great Wacko Roddy comes out and causes an avalanche by burping. Uh. And uh, they all run for the hills. Of course, I remember Plots and Ralph got met, caught up in all this, and they got yeah. and their thing got busted. So they're holding onto their two bulls that were pulling their cart as they're going along the way, trying to outrun the avalanche. Eventually, everyone survives because this is a kids' movie. Yeah. And they all stop right at the wishing star. Yeah. Where it's fallen. And they're and Yakko, Wacko, and Dot uh, get hand in hand. They start walking. You get this great most like, oh, the movie's ending. It's so great. Oh, uh, oh look, there's Doc, there's King Salazar right in the world. In, yeah. End in, in our good times. So uh, everyone from town gets locked up in a concentration camp. <laughs> Pretty much. Including the, uh, the Baron and the guard. Yeah. You've followed me for the last time. Pretty much. And, um... They're going to execute Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. Of course. But Yakko points out, well, we know something you don't about the star. Wacko says, we do. He says, shh, shut up. <laughs> and he says, we've got, we know secrets about the star. And, uh, you know, you'll have, uh, we ought to go talk about what these secrets are before you kill us. So uh, they take it to this random frozen palace that happens to be out in the middle of nowhere that King Salazar apparently has that's never explained where it comes from. And I don't care. Maybe it's Elsa's palace? Maybe. You don't know. Uh, it does kind of look like it now that you say that. Yeah. But anyway. Uh-huh. So uh, after this big thing uh, sends them through the uh, Cave of Eternal Torment or Thousand Horrors. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember the funny. exact name, but yes. it goes through the three worst things the Warners hate, which include Mr. Director, which is this overly energetic Jewish-esque style director. Yeah. 
based on a character, but I, based on somebody, I just don't remember who. Yeah. Uh, a gas station bathroom that hasn't been cleaned in years, years. full of cockroaches. Yes. And last but not least, Baloney the dinosaur. Oh, gosh. Run him over. So it's like, so they come back, says, will you speak now? Says, yes, don't send us back in there. Says, okay, so what's the secret? Well, it's not what you wish for. It's how you wish for it. And of course, everything is so literal, but eventually King Salazar real comes to the realization that they're playing him. Oh yeah. He says, okay, I'm going to execute you. I'm going to figure this out for myself. Well, as they're heading out there, uh, the captain of the guard gets, uh, falls for dots cuteness yes. and quote unquote misses <laughs> and uh, the cuteness man the cuteness is too much man yeah so they are running to the star the captain of the guard at least does the civic duty by going and telling the king that they've escaped and uh the king orders his men to fire on the warners and it appears dot has been hit yes in a giant explosion she asks and her as as in her final moments, hush, in her final moments, asks Yaka once again to tell her the story. And she apparently passes just as she gets to the, call me Dottie and you will die. <laughs> and of course, everyone's now mad at King Salazar because he killed the cute one. <laughs> you killed the cute wrong man. Wrong, wrong. <laughs> No one's noticing that Wacko is no longer at the party. He's running towards the star as fast as he can. Yeah. King Salazar just barely catches chase after him. Go get him. And Too late. They, he gets to the star. With the cannonball behind and him. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling better now. Oh, it's such a pain in the neck. <laughs> that they, here's the thing. They do allude to something like that happening. Because the first time they tell the story, and... Wack, Yakko leaves her bedside. Yeah. Wacko says, how's she doing? He says, oh, she's doing horrible. Her acting lessons just didn't pay off at all. Yeah, I noticed that. It's like, that was the foreshadowing that yeah. there's nothing actually wrong. Yeah. But anyway, Wacko gets up there. He makes his wish. And what does he wish for? Two oh, hay pennies! Jeez. But uh, this ends up being a good thing, because he's able to pay for Dot's operation. With one, with one of the one of the hay pennies, which was plastic surgery to uh, put a cutie mark on her. Uh, with that hay penny that he got from doing the surgery, uh, he was able to uh, work with his team of mixologists, aka Reed and Runt, to uh, perfect the formula so he could then make scratchy cola. Uh, that hay penny went all over town. Everyone was able to uh, get some good off of it. Which tells you how bad the economy really was in that town. Yeah, uh, it did allow uh, everyone. Essentially, everyone's wishes came true. Uh, uh, Doctor Scratch and Sniff's Cola got got popular. Uh, the CEO of his company ended up being Hello Nurse, and everyone uh, was very happy with her figuring instead of her figure. And uh, she did design the new bottle, and she's just not sure where the design came to her from. It's kind of curvy. Yes, a little bit. Uh, but a, pl a place that ended up selling Scratchy Cola with its burgers was uh, Baron Von Plotz's uh, Burgermeister restaurant, where mm. he uh, was now finally king, which is what his wish yeah. was. And uh, Ralph, whose eventual wish was to direct, ended up directing traffic. traffic. Uh, also, uh, Rita and Runt do get a home with Dr. Scratch and Sniff. Mm -hmm. Mindy does get back home, even though she didn't get to play with the squirrels that much. 
And Buttons finally gets rewarded for his loyalty with about 30 steaks. And Mindy's mom finally gets the wish that she's been wishing for since the first episode of Animaniacs. Mindy finally calls her mom. Also, Pinky does find out that the Warners are actually the descendants of the true king and queen, meaning they are actually princes and princes. Princess Angelina, Contessa Louisa, Francesca, Banana, Banabobesca III is actually a princess. <laughs> and uh, the ro- their royal stables uh, end up getting taken care of by uh, Pinky, which was a gift. So he could be near Farfig Newton, who's now one of the royal horses, apparently. Right. And this uh, job was given to him by uh, Prime Minister Brain, who uh, was, used the leverage in the unfortunately never happening sequel to take over the kingdom and then eventually try to take over the world. Right. And that's pretty much where the movie ends. Yeah. So, now that I've gone through all that and probably took more time than I ne- than necessary, anyway. Yeah. I want to continue talking. Okay. <laughs> and go into my first like, if that's uh, all right. Go ahead. One of the thing I like the most about this movie, as a person who grew up watching Animaniacs, is how they took essentially five... Uh, five segments from the show and integrated them into one big cartoon. Every running joke from those things, such as uh, the Warners and their special friend, Mm -hmm. in this case, the King, (laughs) the, uh, the great, the great wacko Roddy sequence with the burps. Okay. Uh, Hello. The hello nurse. Uh huh. All that stuff. Plus you get with pinky in the brain. They go through the whole, uh, G-Brain, what are we going to do tonight? And the, are you pondering what I'm pondering sequence. Uh-huh. And of course, ending with, uh, what are we going to do tomorrow night, Brain? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the, the world. world. And they, and the great part is with the, pon- are you pondering what I'm pondering, is it's during one of the songs. Mm. Which I love. Yeah. We'll get to that part in a minute. But then, of course, you get the Mindy and Buttons thing with all that, the Slappy and, uh, Slappy and Skippy's is pretty much the kind of thing theirs would be where they're, it's them come uh, making uh, bouncing off of each other with the jokes and you know make you know that sort of yeah. thing her being grumpy he being energetic and they're still good fa- family yeah it's always a good joke and of course you got Mindy and Buttons and that's always fun and Reed and Runt don't get too much in this one but mm-hmm. it's still a lot of their stuff is there too it's just yeah. so good and plus you got little background jokes like I said with Chicken Boo being in there and a couple other things it's just it's like they they knew they were making the last animaniacs yeah and so they pulled out all the stops to make it represent all of animaniacs instead of just the warners even though the warners are the biggest part of it yeah and i just love how they were able to take all these five different things that were intentionally made to give distinctive segments in the show Mm -hmm. made them all work together because they were not really designed to work together other than to be separate segments in the same show and i just love that also i love that every single character character they ever made for the show has a cameo so now that i have talked for way too long what is your first like (laughs) my first like there again as child didn't like the show Mm -hmm. i didn't even know they had a movie so, one, I was very surprised that it was actually that good. Yes. And this is kind of one, like, 
It's one, but it's two. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. It's one. I was so surprised how good this film was, and that it was a musical. Yeah, I think I intentionally left that out. Yeah, thank you. That was that was a very nice surprise to see, dudes. It's like what? It's okay. They're going to one song, then another, then another, then another. Like how many songs are in this thing? Like seven? About eight. Actually. About eight. Wow. But that is because technically. Uh, we're, we're off on our way. To the, the Wishing Star song, yeah, and Hungarian Rhapsody number two. Those two separate. Those two, right? They yeah, yeah. Right next to each other. Yeah, they consider them separate songs, probably for legal reasons. Probably, but yeah. Uh, yeah. It was. It was a lot of the. I had very negative connotation. Be like negative uh, expectations for it. It's like, oh, it's Animaniacs. It's not gonna be mm-hmm. that great. And I was thoroughly surprised, thoroughly surprised, thoroughly enjoyed this film beyond belief. And the music just was like, that was actually really good. Mm-hmm. I was there again, flabbergasted. Like, oh my gosh, they pulled this out. And it's a very, it's very fitting into the Animaniacs, yes. you know, well, as a series. At the time. At the time. Wait, I'll what? i to that at the end. Okay. I just want to point that out there that... This is at the time. Ah, okay. I think I've heard of this, but yeah. I'll, I'll let you know once we get past our dislikes. Okay. In so, our final thoughts. Okay. So what's your number two? My number two, Hungarian Rhapsody number two. That song. <laughs> right. Here's the thing. That is a classic Looney Tunes, or classic cartoon song that's mm. been used forever. Right. But as far as I know, it's never had words put to it. Mm. And if it has, I guarantee that's not been put to it to this point. Because it's, if you look at the lyrics, it is longer than any song in this movie. Because literally, it is singing along to the whole thing. It's like, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact lines. Like, Well, for instance, like I said, the pinky and the brain thing earlier. Mm-hmm. It literally goes, pinky, are you pondering exactly what I'm pondering? I think so, brain, but this guy, will we get the weasel to go still? No, you twit, if we get to that story, yeah, whatever. The yeah, it's, it's, it's that good. that fast, it's like. How are you catching up with this so quickly? Because it's literally every second, it's like they move back and forth. And then, of course, um, anyway, the whole thing is so... That sequence is my favorite sequence in the entire movie. Yeah, that was genius. Because it's like... And it's literally, it's just them in the town and going and talking... Here's giving exposition that we already know. Yeah. But explaining why everyone else now knows it and why they're now going on this journey too, yeah, and that I do like that 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 whole sequence is just so entertaining. It's like, holy crap! I can't imagine. Admittedly, there's not even much animation-wise to this scene, yeah. But it's still how they handle it is so good. But anyway, yeah. What's your okay? Okay, then. My number two would actually be the medieval telling of the story mm-hmm. of this throwing into like a Euro- uh, European medieval time period and just the amount of detail they go into mm-hmm. this thing. It's crazy. The fact to be like, like the Warner stock and, uh, you Tiktokia. know, tick the whole bit. I was like, Oh my gosh, they went there and be like, did you catch the, all of the Tiktokia? Military there all had clocks. Yes, I did. I did notice that. <laughs> As symbols. Oh yeah, just the the amount of detail they went into this medieval world, the 
the background paintings mm-hmm. of just the castle or the, the medieval castle. It's like, oh my gosh, be like, can I have that as a painting? <laughs> or like, just put that somewhere. And like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. The, the the story itself, the the town, the Warners, they're 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 secretly princes and print, a princess. Yeah, and it's like okay, the the very classic story, but to you know, told very much in a animaniac style. And it's oh just, yes, it's done perfectly, and I enjoy that tremendously. Mm-hmm. What is your number three? My number three question that just left my brain. My number three is, I know I brought this up a second ago, but the continuation of running gags that nece- don't necessarily even need to be in the story, but yeah. they keep them going like, uh, okay, the Cave of a Thousand Terrors or whatever it's called. That is the most surreal sequence in the entire movie. It's the only one that lit- feel, I feel really breaks the fourth wall Yeah, to a huge extent. Because there literally is just three callbacks to moments in the show that I'm assuming you didn't even get half the reference other than Barney, disgusting, and who is this weird guy? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But uh, it reminded me, oddly enough, of a, a what is it? Uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of so much. It's like, oh, this is really interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then of course, you've got. Chicken Boo in that in the background there, right? Which I didn't I, know who that was. It was like, okay, it's interesting. It's I'll admit because the, the thing about Chicken Boo is the reason I find it hilarious that they included it is because he's just there in the background. Yeah, just like it would be in the regular show if they were going to have Chicken Boo be in this weird town in the middle of a medieval winter era. Right, I could very much see that as a thing. Now, admittedly, we don't get the actual thing where they realize he's a chicken and then try to chase after him and kill him like they normally do. But he's there. And then, and then uh, the thing I like the most about the continuation of these running gags. Right. Buttons finally gets his due. Yes. I love that. Buttons is a character who, he goes through heck. Yeah. Throughout this entire movie. First, Mindy first shows him love and devotion by giving him the pie. Oh, yeah. That part, if, if it had stopped there, <laughs> I would have been happy. Because, like, finally. The dog gets his due. The dog gets his due. But no, we get a great Buttons and Mindy cartoon in the middle of this thing. Yeah. And gets back, and, and they finally say, okay, since we're giving, we're finally granting everybody's wishes. We're While we're not technically, because of the setting, we can't technically say all the characters are finally getting what they're looking for. Yeah. They've been looking for through the whole show. We're going to at least try and give it. So you get, you get buttons finally getting rewarded, not being called a bad dog at the end of the episode. Like yeah. He always was called. He was finally rewarded for his loyalty. Mistake. Mistakes. Mindy finally calls her mother, mom. Um, yeah. Which is like, you know, to some degree, that's just a cool thing. Yeah. Like, that's the running gag. It's like, cause Mindy never calls her mom, mom just calls her, you know, lady. Mm-hmm. Got the whole thing. And he finally says, "Mom's like, oh, that's so nice that 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 finished." Rita and Runt finally get a home, yeah. to live in. They're not just continually uh, strays out in the middle of who knows where. And yeah, Pinky and the Brain don't take over the world. But do you Thankfully. really want them to? No. And they're in a 
are in a position I think Brain would prefer anyway to taking over the world, even if he won't admit it to himself. Yeah. He, he's he's in a police authority now. Yes. He's, well, he's he essentially is in control of the kingdom, so now it's just, you know, one more step to taking over the world. And plus, I think he prefers trying to take over the world than he ever will actually controlling the world. Yeah. But uh, and then Brain gets gets hanging out with his lady friend. Yes, Pinky does. Pinky does what I meant to say. Uh, with Farfig Newton. That is a weird name. It's based on a character from an old Volkswagen commercial. Oh, okay. Stick figure guy. That's where the name came from. Oh, okay. But literally, the name is Far F A R mm-hmm. Fig Newton. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Farfig Newton. Farfig Newton. And, uh, yeah, okay, Farfig, okay, Newton, Farfig Newton did appear in an, a Pinky and the Brain short on Animaniacs during uh, the last season they were with Animaniacs before they got split off. Yeah. And then there was a couple of, and then there was a picture of Farfig Newton that Pinky had. Yeah. In a couple episodes, too. So that's where that comes from. This is actually the only, the second time Farfig Newton has been in anything, been in the show. Really? In any case. And this, in this case... In the first one, he was voiced by Rob Paulson. Of course. And that, this time he was voiced by Frank... Or sorry, she is voiced by Frank Welker. But, yeah. Huh. And it's just... And, of course, they, the... Like I said, the, the fact that everybody finally, at the end of this movie, finally got what they want. Everything comes to a nice close to close out the show, in a sense, for now. For now. Okay. What was your third like? My third like would be the animation. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they, like I said before, they originally were going to make this a theatrical run, but they decided to be like, oh, we're not going to spend the money on advertising. Let's put it in the animation. And they sure as heck did. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Some of the sequences where we get a almost like a 360 turn of like the wacko, uh, the, the Warner's uh, sleigh or something like that. Yeah. How they pan into it and... There's well, there's like, actually an early 3D sequence I caught this time when they're uh, in the bedroom. Yeah. As Yakko's telling her the story. Oh, yeah. Kind of oh, that was can- so genius. You can look at it and go, okay, those are 3D models that yeah. are kind of painted to look like they're like they're animated. Yes. They're still, it's still there. Yeah. yeah there, there are so many scenes of where we get this great camera rotation around mm-hmm. or they're during the... Um, the avalanche and where the yes. like the the Warner sleigh comes apart and they start using different parts of it mm-hmm. and all these amazing camera shots of like yes. overhead shots and be like very like shots you would never think they would actually use in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Just oh my gosh, that was insane. I'll be like I was I was slack jawed at some of it. I was like, oh my gosh, they took the time to do that. So, yeah, that would be my number three is the, the animation, the amount of effort and time they put into the those um, some of those amazing sequences and just some of the sequences that were just more very, like, would normally just be played very normally mm-hmm. are just like, oh, my gosh, cinematically, animation-wise, is so brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's uncanny in so many ways. So, yeah, it's my number three. All right. What is your first dislike? Well, if you remember on that last one, I said that one of my likes was the continuation of these running gags from the show. Mm -hmm. There is one running gag that they used that didn't turn out 
as well as I like because it literally it was kind of I, I'm not going to say it was a tra- traitorous, but it was kind of against what the running gag was. Okay, that was the wheel of morality. Oh, yeah. In the show, because the censors required them to have a little bit more education of content, they made this wheel of morality where they would come out and uh, find out what the moral of this weird, wacky show is. Yeah. And it was always some nonsense thing, but it was just enough to, you know, keep the censors happy. Yeah, appease them. It'd be like, it's like uh, they they go to the wheel of morality they do the whole joke, you know, wheel of morality, turn, 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 tell us the lesson that we should learn. Yeah. It prints out the little thing, and Yakko would read something like, uh, uh, you can lead a horse to water, you, you can lead a horse to water, but can't make him drink, or something stupid like that. Yeah. It's usually, it, sometimes it's even nonsense, but it's like, it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Is it's the, it's the joke, and of course they say, what is, you know, and they, and they comment on it, you know, stupid little thing, and it was a very fast thing, it was kind of a cool thing that would they would do just to pad out a couple seconds at the end of the show. Yeah. Well, in this movie, they have the Wheel of Morality t- return at the end of the song. And for once, the Wheel of Morality's mor- moral fits the sh- fits what's happening. Right. When you're blue and you're trying not to mope, you got to cheer up and never, ever give up hope. Now, don't get me wrong. Love the message. Yeah. They shouldn't have used the Wheel of Morality to do it. Because... <laughs> Just as a fan of the show, the fact that this one running gag, this one stupid running gag that has nothing to do with anything, is used seemingly creatively to end the song and end the show with actually giving the moral of the story, it ironically completely destroys the point of the running joke in this one instance. Right. That's just my thoughts on the matter. So yeah, that's what I'm just like. Okay. Mine are more nitpicks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my number one, there again, this being Animaniacs, you can't take anything seriously. No kidding. Nothing. Because you have this amazing setup of, okay, Dot is sick with something, and it turns out it's, it's, a, it's a cosmetic thing. Yeah. And all these little things, it's like, oh my gosh, brilliant setup, and it's like, oh great, it's a stupid pratfall. Great. But I'll be like, they're going to be like... I think that's genius. I I agree with you. It's genius. But I'm just like, man, come on. Just like, you had this perfect thing. And it's like, you made it into a joke. So, I, I understand you're a joke show, but man, come on. So can I defend that? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I understand you're going to. Oh, yeah. So here's the thing. When you go to watch a superhero movie, the fact that the superhero is probably going to win at it, does that really destroy any sad moment that occurs throughout it no why would it here because here's the thing this is a comedy show oh yeah if you admittedly i'm going into having seen a lot of animaniacs yeah so i to some degree know okay they're going to be fine at the end of this thing oh yeah way or another yeah so it to me knowing even with it being a joke by the very end of it which i think was still a great joke yeah does not take a take away from me anyway how sad this the second telling of the story oh yeah that, yes. that was oh that was i was when they set that up i was like oh that's great but in the back of my mind it's like this is gonna be a this is gonna be a like a fake out it's gonna be a joke and it's like i, I, can't, I can't take you seriously i can't cry for you because i know you're gonna make a joke out of it <laughs> i don't know why you're going into a, something called animating <laughs> 
and expecting a serious story. I know. I, I'm, I'm not. I, I wasn't expecting anything serious. Right. But they would throw these serious elements in there. It's like, oh my gosh, this is really. It's like, wait, the Animaniacs. But never mind. Think about it. As much as you don't like how they handled it. Yeah. They foreshadow that that's what's going to happen. Oh yeah, I agree. It's an obvious joke. Yeah. And it the the reveal that she's actually fine. Yeah. Is done at the perfect time. Because it's just right there at the ending of the song, just as Wacko gets in there, and for a split second, you think he's already made his wish. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, oh, he made so his wish. That, Never mind. The fact that he's making another wish goes, wait a minute. If she, Okay, so she was acting there. She's still sick. It's like, what's going on mm. with the surgery thing? Yeah. What's this thing they're trying to do? It's like, oh, it's cosmetic surgery to implant a cutie mark. I'm thinking, that's right there in her character. It is her character that she would go through all this stuff just to get a stupid pimple uh, put on her put on her cheek. Right. Yeah, there again, not watching Animaniacs as a kid. It's just like, I understand it's a comedy. I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's a funny slapstick uh, situational comedy. Com- comedy. But at the same time, when you put those kind of elements in there that are like, oh my gosh, but like really, like really interesting, good story beat points are you saying you don't appreciate serious humor yes humor and that, no humor that takes a serious moment and at the last minute shows you how absurd the moment is how absurd I, the moment really is i agree and disagree i can understand not liking it yeah it's fine i yeah. understand that. yes but i still a i this is exactly what i was hoping for yeah <laughs> in many ways and so yeah i i understand it not being your thing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong there. It was still funny. It was still oh, yeah. a very funny show. It was just, you just wish the, it was a little more serious. Yeah. It took those serious elements, made them a little more serious. But yeah, that's what, that's what the, the, that's my number one. Okay. Couldn't they, couldn't they take it just a little more seriously? Either way. What's your number? Two. Two. <laughs> the next number is two. <laughs> uh, my number two. There are a couple spots as much as the animation is very good here, don't yes, get me wrong. Yes, agreed. There are a couple spots where you can tell they took a couple shortcuts in the animation where it's literally a couple of repeated sequences or they cut before the tough animation would have come in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just a couple of those spots. Are, don't get me wrong, because there's a lot of good stuff in here. Oh, yeah. But there's also some stuff that's like... Okay, I, for instance, the, go- the weirdest part is... Uh, we had so many times where they rotated around stuff like the bed. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the sled there at one point, but then you get to Pinky and the Brain on their uh, air screw. Yeah, and it does that rotation where it goes all the way around that while they're flying. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, that's going to be tough up there because you've got a lot of background and you've got a lot of that's got to rotate. It's a lot of stuff to try and get timed in. They just don't quite get it right. It yeah, I agree. Kind of. Crunchy is the best term I can think of. Yeah. You can see what they're doing, and to some degree, knowing the limitations at the time, you kind of appreciate you're seeing this weird thing. Because you, know, you, you see this in a couple things. It's not just here. Yeah. And you know it was a tough thing to do, and it's the kind of thing nowadays we would have no, they would have no trouble with doing, but trying, trying to do that perspective by hand, that's a little weird in there. And then there's a couple spots where... The anime since the animation's missing just a touch of polish. Yeah, it's the best way I know how to. Think I agree. It. I agree with you it's on one that. Those things where the animation is great, except for those points where it's like, 
you could have done a little better here. Yeah. You know? So, and I think I say this a lot when I'm trying to reach for dislikes. <laughs> I understood. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just there's a couple spots where you can see the edge of the budget. I gotcha. It's the best way I know how to put it. Understood. So, uh, what's your second dislike? Okay. There again, this was a nitpick. Wacko lied about his wish. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He wished for a hay penny, and he got a hay penny. No, he never. He wasn't. He said he wanted to wish for an operation for his sister. Dot, exactly. But he was able to do that with the hay penny. Yeah. So the entire time in the movie, he's gonna be like, "I wish for my my sister to have her operation." The entire time. Yeah, and he made a wish that would get her her operation. It's, I understand what you're saying. Yes. It's like <laughs> it's annoying. It's like really. I understand what you're saying. Uh, you're wishing that he had the that first off. Yeah. I want to say that we never actually heard him make the wish. Yeah, that's true. We never I did. Say that. It could be that he wished for the operation or the means to have the operation yeah. done, which honestly sounds closer. Not that he would use the word means, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And the star gave him two hay pennies. Yeah. He didn't really need to give him the second one, but maybe just in case plots got greedy again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of those, the day ex, day ex Machina? A, yeah, it was definitely a Deus Ex Machina ending. Yeah, just to make you get everyone that happy ending? Yeah. I, I, Deus Ex Hay Penny. Deus Ex Hay Penny, exactly. That, that just annoyed me. It's like, really? They're like, yeah, you could have got your sister, you know, your sister to the operation and, and, and instead, everybody else, you know, she got her operation and everybody else was just, but, it made everything just but happy ending. Because of how he made the wish, it ended up being better for everybody, not just him. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I agree that with that. He had no way of knowing it was all going to fall into place like that. But then yeah. at the same time, this is a cartoon for kids. Some degree, you got to let the chips fall where they yeah, are. Where it leads to a happy ending. Are the coins, might The hay say. pennies. Yeah. Either way, either way, that's another one of my little gripes about yeah. it. Uh, what's your number dos? Three, actually. Three. Whichever. My third dislike is that this was the end. This it's was the, the end, end of Animaniacs. of the world as we know it. Not quite. Uh, <laughs> this was the end of Animaniacs. It was the end of an era. One of my favorite shows as yeah. a kid. It's always sad when you see a show. And admittedly, I wasn't there when the actual show ended because, you know, I had grown up a bit, mm-hmm. and I only saw this much after. But knowing that this was the final finale for so long, it's like it's so sad to see something like this end. Yeah, and that's kind of how it was until about two years ago. Yeah, when it was announced that uh, Warner Brothers was partnering with Hulu to bring Animaniacs back at the end of this year. Really? Oh yeah, I heard about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sometime this year, I say. Oh end, no! By the end of this year. They're bringing Animaniacs back, and I will say, when I was looking through the cast list, yeah, a lot of people, those same people, were listed. Oh yeah, I, I saw that Rob Paulson was returning, and mm-hmm. all that it, the entire core group was Pretty back. Much. And I was like, oh my There's gosh! Only a couple people who are missing that uh, I also don't know why IMDb wasn't listing them because yeah, I can't imagine they don't want to return for those roles. But yeah, it's that's I right. am, that part I am happy with, but the fact that. For a while, this was the end. Yeah. As far as we know, it's the end. Because, and it literally ends with essentially the last shot of the theme song. Yeah. There where they're doing that last bit where they're the camera's above them and they're singing and everyone's kind of 
rotated yeah. around, and they all got their hands up. That is the literally final shots of the opening sequence, including having Pinky and the Brain being held up by uh, Slappy. Yeah. And that's a cool little cameo thing, but the fact that this was the end, and they were literally going out the way they came in. Yeah. It's sad to see that happen. You hate to see that happen, but yeah. you're also so glad when it comes back. And pray, pray beyond all shadow of belief that it will be the same magic we had before. Hopefully. Well, so yeah, what was your third dislike? My third dislike, and now I know this is stretching it. Like, stretching it beyond belief. Cartoon logic stretching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Warner sled never slowing down. Well, everybody else slowed down. <laughs> I was like, I, I understand you have a sale, but most of the time yeah. that sale's not operating at the time. And How do you and, know? We never saw the wind. Yeah, you can't see the effects of the wind. No, you can't see the effects of the wind at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But it's it drove so me you're nuts. Mad, you're mad at the lack of physics. <laughs> yes, I'm okay. mad at the lack of physics. Okay, I can because me that. like every other character had to struggle to get there, and all they had to do was just ride along and sing their merry songs. And besides the bridge, <laughs> yeah, they did have to carry uh, pull that across the bridge because apparently snow was the one thing stopping them. Yeah, exactly. Moving. My 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 thought was is okay. Is this all downhill? But it's not. No, it's. It's downhill, uphill, downhill, uphill. Be like, you will lose momentum at that point. I know, again, this is cartoon logic I'm talking here, but it drove me nuts that they were the only ones not having problems. And they were also the only one not being pulled by an animal. Yeah, exactly. That was in that situation. Even the birds had problems. Yes. They crashed into a flying Screw. screw, but yeah, they're screw. Yeah. And of course, the only problem Pinky and the Brain have, besides you know, the sudden bird invasion, the uh, birdemic, birdemic, as uh, you might think of it, was uh, the fact that Pinky took Brain literally Wait. when he said "stop." <laughs> so he stopped. Okay, Brain. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Anyway, <coughs> continue your thoughts. Um, yeah, that's what it's the. I was really stretching for that one. Just the, 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 the lack of physics in it. And I understand this is cartoon logic and it's fun. It's zany. It's animaniacs. But I was just like, okay, they have to do something besides when they first start out, be like Yakka Wacko are pulling it. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, they're just cruising the entire time. Doesn't matter if they're gonna sail out. Doesn't matter if they're wrote there. Admittedly, or anything. They're just you chilling. Think, you think they at least do the joke where Yakko and Wacko are blowing into the sail? Oh yes, yeah. but yeah, they yeah. don't even do that. Oh, there was there was the one where uh, Wacko be like he lets go of the rudder, mm-hmm. like towards the end. I'm like, oh no, he let go of the rudder. It's gonna go loose. Yeah, <laughs> and it no. never does. I'm like, well, they're in the middle. Ah! Of the, they're in the middle of a song sequence at that point. So yeah, exactly. I'm thinking you like had, you had musical logic taking yeah, place. Yeah, I know, but it just it drove me nuts. Anyway, anyway, what is what is your that's the that entirety is to, yeah was yes. your number three? So uh, yeah. Uh, that's right because we, we, we've gone a different order so yeah, i got you're throwing I was, off i understand yeah, i was so buffled sorry uh so i'm gonna give this movie an eight giving it an eight okay I'm giving it an eight it's not perfect i don't no. expect it to be perfect and there's nothing of serious note in this movie don't get yeah. me wrong it is a fun movie agreed it is a great ending to a great show that i'm glad is not actually the ending to the show yeah it just took a 20-year break. 
Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And uh, I'm glad to see it coming back. It's just a fun show. I enjoy it. Um, I'm mostly knocking it because uh, it had you know those couple of things and the wheel of morality. Yeah, this didn't work in this one. But anyway, so yeah, eight. All right, so I will give it a seven point five. Mm-hmm. There again, it's it's not the fact that I'm not docking it points for the fact that I didn't like it as a kid. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I thoroughly enjoyed the characters. I thoroughly enjoyed the journey these characters on, even though uh, the cartoon logic threw me a little bit. Uh, I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed this film tremendously. The animation was great. It did have problems, though. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was thoroughly enjoyable that that it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a fun story. It was a musical, which I was very surprised by. And... There again, I was very surprised that I enjoyed this film. I was pleasantly surprised I enjoyed this film. All right. Beyond belief. So, yeah, 7.5. All righty. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode, which means we need to roll for our next movie, which, since this one was mine, it will be your role. Let me just bring up the list. Do, 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 do. Calm down there, Buttercup. Okay. As someone in our our uh, okay. Bible study group be like <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Wacko's wish was sitting at number six. Yes, because Batman: Mask of the Phantasm was rolled more than six times. Yes, it is now actually now seven times. Uh, it is now in three different spots. Okay, so it is now half the roll. It is sitting at one, four, and six. One, four, and six. Uh, also, we've got Kung Fu Panda at number two. Oliver and Company at number three, mm-hmm. and The Good Dinosaur at number five. All right. So, and it is six, which means we are doing Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Yes! So, Finally! I, which means that I will have to come up with two movies next week, and you just have to come up with one to All right. on the list. So Excellent. That brings us to the end, so come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? The same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? They can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron and Jacob's Daily Art Corner, my personal art Facebook page, on Twitter at Jacob B. Heron, on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, and on Letterboxd at Jacob Heron. Where can they find you, Drew? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. You can also find my Facebook page at Drew's Photo Bin, where I upload uh, my photography. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759 and Twitter at GGeorge759. Where can they find us, Jacob? You can also visit our website, thecellcast.podbean.com, where you will find every episode we released and links to listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our RSS feed, if we aren't in your favorite podcast app directory, please share, review, and subscribe to us there and share 
us with your friends. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, the Double Feature Podcast Community, where we talk about both animated and live-action movies. We share this with our other podcasts, which we do with Jacob's brother Jim, at uh, the Movie of the Week podcast, where we talk about live-action movies. You can also email us at thecellcastpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, please like our page on Facebook. We try to post about upcoming movies. If you comment on that movie's post before we record, we'll read your comments in the episode. And remember, every time we say The Cellcast, that is with a single L. L. time on I hate that song. Gasp? Can it be? Old Sally the Weezer the Lestra. Welcome, Python. <laughs> it's been a dog's age. Hello, Joker. Didn't mean to drop by unannounced. Oh, Salvatore. Why so formal? Me, Casa Nostra, es su Casa Nostra. <laughs> so, what's an old-timer like you want with a two-timer like me? Business. I got... Ooh, business sounds like fun. Come, we'll repair the more comfortable environment. Now hold on to your hat and watch the valuables. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Oh, don't mind my home security system. Down, Rusty. Can't be too careful with all those weirdos around. <laughs> what? Meatloaf again? Oh, I had it for lunch. Isn't Hazel here a cutie? True, she's a real homebody, but you can't help who you fall in love with. Ooh. Come. Have a seat, Sam. Tell me what's on your so-called mind. It's Batman. He's gone nuts. First he whacked Chucky Saul, then Buzz, and now he's after me. You know, I've been reading lately how old Guano Man is wound tight enough to snap. Wouldn't it be great if I'd finally driven him off the deep end? <laughs> this isn't a joke. Batman's knocking us off, and you're the only one who can take him down. Look, five million up front with whatever you want to finish him off. <laughs> what do I look like, pest control? Thank you, fool. Once he gets me, how long till he gets you? You know what I'm talking about. Your hands are just as dirty. Dirtier. <laughs> Don't touch me, old man. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> oh, Sal, no one could take a joke like you. Of course I'll help you out. Really? 
Certainement. No way is anybody gonna hurt my pal Sal. That's it. That's what I want to see. A nice big smile.